impact of influence, the Shanquella Robinson story, and our quest to find the truth and find justice for Shanquella. Hello, friend. As always, so grateful that you're going to spend time with us. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker is here as always. And we are especially grateful for those of you who followed us to this new case after two years talking everything Murdoch, but the impact of influence will continue. And Seton, the case we've decided to start with is the case of Shanquella Robinson. On October 28th of 2022, Shanquilla Robinson traveled with six people to Cabo, Mexico for a vacation. The next day, she was pronounced dead in her vacation villa. And the first reports that came out was that she died of alcohol poisoning. Then an autopsy from Mexico listed her cause of death as violent and with severe neck and spinal injuries. Her death became even more complicated when a video surfaced of Shanquilla being savagely beaten by one of her tripmates at some point during the 24-hour stay in Cabo. The most recent development is that the federal government of the United States is not going to press charges, and they release an autopsy of Shanquilla Robinson that was conducted in Charlotte on November 17, 2022, which found Robinson's spine intact contradicting past claims of Mexican authorities who had initially said Robinson's spine was broken. And now there are reports that it's possible Robinson's family is going to have her body exhumed and do a third autopsy. Will the alleged perpetrator of Shanquilla's beating see justice? If anyone has a role in her death, will they be extradited to Mexico? We want to find out what happened in that Cabo Villa in October of 2022. We begin our search for justice with a conversation with Shanquella's father. This was a very difficult conversation with Shanquella's father, Bernard Robinson. He's a hardworking truck driver in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we asked him what Shanquilla was like as a child. Um, Shanquilla was a beautiful child growing, um, growing up. Um, he was a Type of young lady, young little young baby, young young girl, um, very adventurous, um, like to smile and you know, like to play. Um as me as me being her father, you know, on the weekend, she was always like to be with me, you know. And when I leave and go to work, she would cry. You know. Um she was a daddy girl. She was very loving, very caring. She knew the Lord, she went to church. I had her in church at a young age. You know, she know about prayer. She know the high power. You know, she was the type of woman that at the younger ages, I'm taking the elementary school every day because I work at night, picking her up from school, putting her in gymnastics, and she got good at gymnastics, tumbling and flipping and flyer. You know, um, got on at the West Charlotte High School, cheerleader in there, you know. Um, I was just there in her life. We could tell from what he said that he was a really involved dad. Anybody knew me, knew I was there in my daughter's life. I no dad be dad, you know. I went, you know, like I said, I didn't want no silver spoon in her mouth, but I made sure that she had what she had to be, you know, roof over her head, clothes on her back, fed and cooked, the whole nine yards. I read that in October of 2022, Shanquilla Robinson was the owner of a hair braiding business in Charlotte. And Mr. Robinson talked to us about the advice he gave his daughter 
when she set out to be an entrepreneur. And so she always told me, Dad, I want to, you know, do my own thing. And uh, I always told her, well, you can be successful in your own way. You know, put a plan together. Plan A, plan B, plan C. Always have something to fall back on. But at the same time, you pray and you put it in God's hands and you let God lead you. You know, it's something that you like to do. You'll get good at it as every day God wakes you up each and every morning and you step out your door and you start doing what you like to do and, and you treat people like you want to be treated because they're your customer. They're the one who pay your bills. So you respect them, you know. And as you get good at what you do, your talent going to speak for itself. Your work ethic going to speak for itself. And your personality is going to speak for itself, too, because it's the way you treat people and how you um, care for people and about their needs and, you know, um, the conversation that you have with them. And, and they'll begin to open up and you never know what person is feeling that day or what mother is feeling that day when they, um, when, 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 you know, I'm about to you know, I'm just about to cheer up, man, because... Go ahead. Go ahead. The conversation was very emotional, and we could tell that he was always there for his daughter. Even when she took on her business, I said, even if you fall and get back up, at least you tried, and your dad going to be there to help you to get to you where you need to be when it comes to being successful in your own way. As a truck driver, I'm successful. I don't look down on nobody, and I taught her not to look down on no one. You know, you never know who you're going to run across can help you in the future, in your future, by you being nice and your personality, how you carry yourself. Shanquilla Robinson was 25 years old when she boarded a plane bound for Cabo, Mexico, on October 28th, 2022. Chanquella's traveling group consisted of six people. Notice I didn't say friends, and you'll realize why a little later. And sadly, only one day after arriving in Cabo, Chanquella was pronounced dead. And I really just can't imagine what it was like for Chanquella's father to receive this phone call telling him the news. My mom um, was out and about somewhere, you know, and she called me and told me um, she had passed. And so um, I just started crying. I just holler. Three of the trip mates, Wentor Donovan, Khalil Cook, and Dejanay Jackson, took Shanquilla's belongings to Shanquilla's sister's house to kill along. When they arrived, they were insistent that their trip companion had died of alcohol poisoning. Now, Mr. Robinson was not buying that story. My mom was saying, I, you know, believing or whatever. I don't know if you believe in him or whatever, but her sister was sitting there, they talking to him, believing or whatever, but I wasn't going for it. I said, nah, not my daughter, not our daughter. I said, I don't see how y'all can sit there and let your mom say that to y'all. No, nah, I wasn't believing it at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. And so Nard Robinson was trusting his instinct. He wanted more answers, more, more answers that from someone official. He's not going to just sit back and, and grieve his daughter. He wanted to figure out what exactly happened, and he wasn't buying the alcohol poisoning story. 
And not only that, he had to try to figure out how to get his daughter from Mexico back into the United States. I mean, that you know, you're, you're grieving and then you're also having to try to figure out how to get your deceased child back home. And there's a, a lot on your plate and you're, you're dealing with a foreign language in a foreign country. It is a lot to deal with. And here is what Mr. Robinson did next. That following week, uh, my mom was on the, the embassy trying to get in touch with the people. I don't know nothing about Mexico, Cabo. Never been. All I've been out of the country was on a cruise ship, you know. But how God moves and how God works, I'm a friend, father. I believe in the high power. I'm not perfect. I wasn't born with no silver spoon in my mouth. But I sit at my mom's table, me and her best friend, and I got on my phone, started searching the funeral homes down there. I called one, they spoke Spanish, understand what I was saying. Called another one, the guy spoke a little bit of Spanish, uh, spoke a little bit of English, and he said, call it, call back. And Mr. Robinson did call back, and he was able to get in touch with Elizabeth who he refers to as an angel on earth. Call back. This Elizabeth, the funeral home um, director down there. She also worked with, um, I guess, with the police department also when people pass away or uh, go to the hospital and get the body. And that day, I, uh, she looked on the docket and she said, Mr. Robinson, I have your daughter. And she... Um, She felt my pain. She said, Mr. Robinson, I feel you're, you're just like my father. I can feel the hurt and the pain that's in your voice. She said, this is my cell number. I'm going to stick with you from day one, every day, every minute, every hour, every second on the clock. Until I get your daughter back here to the States. Take a little break and uh, get you ready for some traveling you've got coming up. Some international trip where you want to be able to at least get around, right? So you want to learn the language of the country that you're going to. You want to experience it with a little bit of knowledge going in. And you can get a lot of bit of knowledge when you use Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop. It can also be used as an app on your phone or tablet. And Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. It's instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals. You read stories, you participate in dialogues, so you are ready to go. It's the most trusted, time-tested app out there. They've been the expert in language learning for 30 years. Buy Rosetta Stone now, and you never have to pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Impact of Influence listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 40% off. That's 40% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 40% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. 
Whether you need timely, I can't wait another second care, or want I can go nights, weekends, and holidays convenience, Northwell Health Go Health Urgent Care is your go-to for trusted care in the neighborhood. From I think it's broken pains to I can't get out of bed illnesses, the caring Northwell Health Go Health Urgent Care providers and staff will get you feeling better faster all year long. Learn more, save your spot, or walk into a nearby Northwell Health Go Health Urgent Care Center today. I, I, I can't even imagine what it would have been like without Elizabeth helping him through because he talked about forms. How do you even know how to fill out these forms? And what forms do you even ask for, right? Like, what, what do I need? Of course, she is able to guide him to the forms that are needed, including uh, the autopsy report. You might not think to get, you know, so much stuff is going on in your head, right? And you're grieving. And you're grieving. And the uh, Rosadale Funeral Home in Charlotte was a big help to Mr. Robinson, he told us, and helped with that paperwork. And the Charlotte Funeral Home started communicating with Elizabeth in Mexico to bring it all together. And obviously, you don't think about costs in a situation like this, but $7,000 is not a drop in the bucket to come up with. No. You know, that's a lot of people just don't have that disposable income to be able to to transport their loved ones. So thank goodness that Mr. Robinson was able to do that. I sent the paperwork over to him off my phone. He sent me the paperwork. I filled it out. Told him how much it was uh, to bring her back here. I went to the bank, got the money out of my account. Uh, I wired the money to the bank that I bank at. We looked the paperwork over and everything. My friend, my partner was with me. Best friend was with me. She received the money. When she received the money, she started doing the paperwork. And she said, Mr. Robinson, as soon as I get this paperwork and everything, I'm going to call you and let you know when your daughter arrived in the United States, what flight she'll be on, and when she'll be here. It's the only number three of us knew um, when she was going to be here. Me. Elizabeth and the funeral director. And Elizabeth hold her word. When I couldn't um, get in, be there when she called, she would call the lady who was at um, with, um, the funeral director. All three of us communicated until I, my daughter got back here and I give her up in the highest praise. Uh, her holding her word and the caring, the loveness that she showed me as a stranger. And I, I give her the utmost. I said, your father and mother raised you up right to the utmost. Elizabeth told Mr. Robinson that Shanquilla did not die from alcohol poisoning and that it was some sort of spinal cord injury. And the copy of the death certificate would eventually be released. And it's exactly what Elizabeth had said. The cause of death, quote, severe spinal cord injury and atlas luxation, which is instability or excessive movement in the uppermost neck vertebrae. She was also found unconscious in the living room of the rental residence on the 29th. Remember, they arrived on the 28th. Yes, and the death certificate classified Robinson's death as accidental or violent, and it noted that the approximate time of death was about 15 minutes after the injury occurred. Now, what's really messed up about this is it just didn't jive. What was, what was being said on the death certificate and the autopsy was completely different than the police report 
and it'll even get more confusing eventually, and we'll bring that to you soon, is when the autopsy on Shanquella is done in the U.S., they have completely different conclusions that they reach and more confusion. Now, let's go back to the police report that was issued in Mexico and the death certificate that was released in Mexico because they appear to be different. It does appear to be different, and we don't have the entire police report. There is a reporter, Gerardo Zaringa, who received some information from this, which he wrote about. And in his summation, he says that at 2.13 p.m., medical help was summoned to Villa Linda 32, which is where they were staying. And about an hour later, a doctor arrives at the villa. And the doctor was there for about an hour when Robinson began having seizures. And then at 4.20 p.m., one of the travel companions, Donovan, calls 911. And then at 4.49 p.m., the doctor and a friend began administering CPR to Robinson. They administered 14 rounds of CPR, five doses of adrenaline, and six AED shocks. And at 5.57 p.m., Robinson was declared dead, which... This is almost three hours, which is a lot different than 15 minutes. Right, right. We talked about it. It was 15 minutes from the injury. And also, according to the Charlotte Observer, the, the document, the doctors said that the doctor was told Robinson had drunk a lot of alcohol and the medical call was for Robinson to be given an IV. Police record indicates that the doctor found a female that was understood to be Robinson with stable vital signs but dehydrated, unable to communicate verbally and appearing to be inebriated, which doesn't add up at all. Um, they also talk about the doctor saying Robinson needed to be transferred to a hospital, and her friends were like, no. No, they refused. They, it seemed to be maybe there was um, some talk about insurance, whether this visit would be covered by insurance, but it did seemed like the doctor was advocating for her to go to the hospital, yet her travel companions were saying, no, she could receive care at the villa. And, and I, I still, it's just so different than the report talking about the injury and, what was it, 15 minutes? 15 minutes versus almost three hours. So what is happening at this villa with the police report? And I did read where they were saying uh, in... One of the experts was talking about not to believe the police reports as opposed to the autopsy or death certificate. Yeah, I mean... Because this is people just telling their story. Yes and no, but I mean, I did also read that this doctor did speak English and that it is not uncommon for Americans to receive medical treatment where they're staying right. and not necessarily to have to go to the hospital I think we need to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, from 2.13 to 4.49, all this stuff is happening, but yet the death certificate says 15 minutes with a broken neck. So, it's, so that's why we are trying to figure out what indeed happened. Well, at some point, because of this, <laughs> Ronald Robinson has the same questions and, and calls to Mexico to talk to an investigator. Hey, I was an investigator. Araris. He sent me an email, sent me his phone number, and I called him. And he said, Mr. Robinson, um, 
a statement and what the autopsies um, re review, it didn't add up. And he said, Mr. Robinson, you got to get the ball rolling up here in the United States. You get the ball rolling in the United States, it's going to roll back down here. It's going to roll back down here to Mexico. And God stopped moving. And Hagar was very instrumental in getting Bernard to realize that this wasn't going to be handled just by uh, the Mexican police. And this Hagar told Bernard that Mexican officials would keep the alcohol poisoning narrative. That was his warning to Bernard. He says, you need to do something about that. In fact, the FBI might be your answer. Yeah, I mean... I'm not really quite sure why they would promote this narrative. Maybe because of tourism. They just don't want to have these type of high-profile things happening. Maybe like a, a beating happened there, even though it was people who went together. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So it is interesting that he would say that the Mexican authorities would try to to push this narrative. It is It is interesting and, and, and frustrating. And so... Uh, Mr. Bernard went to the FBI and he went to the office and found agents just because that's who we found who, who dealt with human trafficking, but they completed the report. And here's Mr. Robinson telling us about his interaction with the FBI. I went to the FBI that following week. Gave them the information, what's going on, my daughter. Um, two FBI agents took, um, talked to me and said, Mr. Robinson, um, how we do business, we work up under the radar. We don't tell you what we're doing, but it's going to seem like we're not doing nothing, but we truly are. And my faith and my relationship with the Lord, I'm going to continue to stand like that. I'm going to let them do what they're doing. They're doing a good job. Wow. I mean, Mr. Robinson has such patience. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they're in this situation, they want law enforcement to communicate with them so quickly, and they want all the answers. And he is just putting his faith in God that what will happen should happen, and really is not getting frustrated where I think a lot of people in his shoes would be. Absolutely. and. So Robinson goes back to the FBI a few days later after a, a video emerges on social media. It looks as though Shanquella Robinson is getting brutally beaten in this social media video while she's in Cabo. The timeline, we start to try to figure that out in the next episode of Impact of Influence, the Shanquella Robinson story. And we are still working on getting our social media set up and our website. So you will be able to reach out to us soon. But for the time being, you can reach out to us at Matt's email, which is Matt Harris podcast at gmail.com. And we will talk soon, friends. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. 
I get a phone call from my wife and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh -huh. You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done. And that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy and you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. -S.